Lifestyle matters. It's more than money. I'm Faisal Carmelli, my co-host here, Dave Popwich. How are you doing? I'm great, Faisal. How are you doing? I'm well. I'm glad we're back in uh, in person uh, together again on this show because we're also going to have our first in-person yep. seminar on retirement income protection through every economic cycle. There are big concerns through retirement. Talk about health care. Talk about uh, man managing your money, expenses, making sure you've got income for the rest of your life. We're going to cover that, of course, on Tuesday, September the 20th, 7 p.m., live in person at the Four Points Sheraton Hotel in West Calgary. Now you need to register for this. So go to morethanmoneyradio.com. One of the biggest concerns people are having when it comes to their retirement right now, they look at their portfolio, they see all the volatility, and they don't know is this market going to continue to go up or is it going to come right back down? Mm -hmm. What's going on? Uh, Dave, what are your thoughts when it comes to that kind of stuff? Yeah, listen, I, I think that the uncertainty, there's lots of uncertainty in the market right now, and that warrants uh, volatility, right, when we get uncertainty. So um, do I believe, if you ask me, do I believe that inflation is going to come down? Then I'm going to side with the central banks. They've said inflation is going to come down, and they're going to bring it down. The question is, what do they have to do? To do that, yeah, right. That's all we're really negotiating here. Yeah, how far and how fast the interest rates go. And it was a messy week of, of details around inflation and speculation about central bank activity. You know, we had UK inflation cresting 10% this week. Uh, we had German producer prices accelerating 37% year over year. Right, energy prices up 105%. Certainly, they've got some very unique problems uh, with respect to where they get their energy from. Now, they're the economic engine of Europe, so. That raises questions about Europe. And then all of this data then leads into the speculation about what are, how's the central bank going to respond to this, right? What do we do? And so you saw a lot of volatility in interest rates, currency markets as a result of that, right? But it's all, it, that volatility is warranted because there's uncertainty. Absolutely. And I like this volatility. Right. And, and, there, and, and I don't like that, you know, people's portfolios across the country are down, generally speaking. So that's not fun, but it's but it also gives us a viewpoint of when you talk about how what's what's happening in Europe, that's that's interesting. You look at the currency, the euro is now at par with the US dollar. It's been a long time since that's happened. Yep. When you look at what's happening in Canada, we're just even in our economic growth. We're not growing, we're not contracting, we're pretty much flat. When you look at the US, a technical two quarters of negative GDP. But then you look at what one thing that Warren Buffett has said time and time again. There's only one way to beat inflation. Right. Grow. Right. As individuals, grow your income. As companies, grow your revenue. Now you have to look at those companies that can grow. Right. There'll be winners and losers through this period of time in response to you know, inflation or interest rates, price power, which is no different than any other time. You just take the problem out, insert a different problem, and you get winners and losers in any of those periods. Exactly. Right? I, this is where I like the fact because how how you start to pick investments and how, how what's the objective of those investments to your overall financial strategy is key. The, you know, I've had conversations with clients talking about maybe we should we should just uh, buy one or two companies, not not ten or twenty companies. Or I know this company will wave it through. You know, all of the economic cycles. There, the conversation of portfolio construction is happening more with me now with, with listeners of the show than, than probably in the last three years, four years, just because they're, they're concerned when they see it go down, but they don't see that the economy is going to rebound really quickly. Mm. Um, that causes a concern that maybe you should change 
the mechanism of how you invest. And that's where I say, what, what works in every economic cycle, what works for everybody's portfolio is the two superpowers that we talk about time and time again, yeah. that's structure and discipline. Right. And uh, yeah, it, it's interesting. I, I wouldn't classify it as conversations around portfolio construction because I'm not sure people think of it in that way, right? They think of individual names. They think of a collection of stocks that may, maybe is a good idea at the time. They don't, the, the problem is they don't think about it as, as proper portfolio construction, right? We get the, uh, at least what I, what I would say I get is the emotional reaction to whatever the headline is and people want to respond to that, right? When energy was going through the roof, oil prices were up. Let's pile everything into energy. Yeah. Hang on a second, right? We had lots of those conversations. Here's what we think the economics are. Here's what we think the weighting should be, right? Taking profits when things are going up, which drives people crazy, right? Redistributing those to areas that have been uh, beat up and are better value, right? So portfolio construction, the two superpowers you talked about, yeah. I think is something we've got to keep people focused on and not that emotional ride that they're going to go on. Yeah, absolutely. These emotional rides are concerns that that people have on an ongoing basis. We've got a great show talking about emotions. Mm -hmm. uh, our show today is about, uh, we'll have a short show because the stamps are playing yep. right after this. And uh, uh, the, the show today is also about, you know, when you pass on your assets, you kind of put it into a will and it goes to the, the people that you, or charities that you choose. But the complexity changes based on the type of relationship you're in. Yeah. Are you in a marriage? Are you a solo retiree? Are you in common law? Common law has been booming over the last 40 years uh, in types of relationships. So we want to talk about that and how do you prepare yourself if you're in a common relationship. And it's not only for people who are entering into retirement or living in retirement. It's also for their children mm -hmm. who are entering into common law relationships because how you enter into it is just as important as in the event of death and when you leave that relationship. Basil, okay, so there's lots of um, complexity in, in you know, estate planning, what we call our legacy bucket and family planning and making sure everybody's taken care of. And, um, you know, the question is, does the complexity increase under a common law relationship versus a regular relationship? Are there any differences? If you're in a common law, is there something else you need to be doing? These are questions that we get asked a lot. And, um, you know, we thought we should bring on an expert to try to help understand what that means, common law, what the differences are and the similarities are and how to do it. Yeah, the trend has changed. Before we bring our guest on to talk about the differences and and so forth from a legal perspective. Since 1981, common law relationships in Canada have gone up by 500%. Nearly a quarter of Canadian couples are common law, which is probably the highest share in any G7 country uh, today. Uh, and so when we get this type of information, and even within our own practice, mm -hmm. how many of our clients that are in their second, third relationships are in common law relationships right. versus marriages. And let me throw a little bit of kicker in there. Some of them even have blended families. And so when it comes to estate planning, right. the complexity goes up. Sure does. And so what we have to be aware of, what's the laws, what, uh, what does uh, the law protect you and what do you need to do to protect yourself above and beyond what the law does. And so let's bring our, our guest on board and our expert, Marcus Sixta, founder and uh, family law lawyer at Crossroads Law. Marcus, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on. Let's just jump right yep. into this. Let's start off for defining for our audience the difference between being married and common law. Well, um, there is a big difference between being married and common law. Um, if you're married, you typically know you're married. Um, you've, you've had a wedding, you've signed the papers, you're married. Now, 
it's a lot different with common law relationships. And quite often people are in common law relationships and they don't even know they're in a common law relationship. So a quote unquote common law relationship is actually under the legislation in Alberta, an adult interdependent relationship. And so what is that? What is an adult interdependent relationship? That is a relationship of three years where people are living together and they're living together in a relationship of interdependence. And what interdependence means is that they share in each other's lives, uh, they function as an economic and domestic unit, and they're emotionally committed to one another. Okay. Now that three-year period can be shortened if you have children. And if you have children, um, it could be six months, it could be a year, but you know, if a judge was looking at this, they'd have to look at all those factors to determine if you're actually in that adult interdependent relationship. And if you are in an adult interdependent relationship, then functionally, your rights are pretty much the same in Alberta now as if you were married. Is that different, Marcus, between provinces? Uh, yeah, the the amount of time you need to live with somebody to be considered "quote unquote" common law changes depending on what province you're in. For example, I also practice in BC, and in BC it's a two-year period. So in Alberta it's three years, in BC it's two years. Another thing that mixes people up um, is that you don't necessarily even have to be living together for the full period of time. In fact, there's cases out there where people have only lived together for a couple months, but they've been in this marriage-like, um, or they've been in this relationship of interdependence for, um, for some time without living together because they're sharing finances, um, maybe they share pets, um, you know, maybe they've uh, done some estate planning together, and the court decides, well, you haven't been cohabitating, but we're still going to find that you're in this adult interdependent relationship. Now, one thing, Marcus, that uh, you and I've talked about on this show and on off air as well is how people protect themselves going into a relationship like this or when they realize that, oh, wow, we're, we're common law in relationship. Maybe we should start protecting one thing that's been brought up. People use the terminology prenups or cohabitation agreements. Give us a bit of an overview of as people enter these relationships, what the difference between a prenup and a cohabitation agreement is, and why do you think it's still important that people get those? Well, um, so I'll, I'll start with where the state of the law is now in Alberta. As I said, common law relationships and marriages are, are pretty much functionally the same when it comes to your um, property rights. And that started in January 2020. Um, there was new legislation that was introduced called the Family Property Act. And that legislation says that if you are in this adult interdependent relationship, what everybody calls a common law relationship, um, essentially your rights to property are exactly the same as somebody who's in a marriage. And uh, what that means is that any assets that you've accumulated during your adult interdependent relationship um, they are divided equally in the event of a separation. Um, now, there are some exceptions to that. Um, if you have an inheritance, that can be an exception. If you have a gift from a third party, that can be an exception. Um, if you have assets uh, that you had before your adult interdependent relationship, that's also an exception. Um, but generally, all the property that's accumulated during that relationship would be divided 50-50. And the only way to protect yourself um, from that type of division is through what's called a cohabitation agreement or a prenuptial agreement. Now, a cohabitation agreement 
is essential. I mean, I think everybody knows what a prenup is. Um, you know, it's Kanye West has rapped about prenups. We all know what a prenup is. But a cohabitation agreement, that is essentially the same thing. That's the same thing, but it's for people in a common law relationship or an adult interdependent relationship in Alberta. Let's jump now to the other side of this where it comes into in the event of death. When it comes to the estate planning side or the Wills and Estates Act, uh, let's go with Alberta first. Does it differentiate uh, in regards to if you're married or common law? And then second part to that, what are some of the tips you would give to individuals to make sure that their estate plan's in order so that they their wishes are really what they want uh, in a common law relationship? Right. And so now in Alberta and also in BC, if somebody who's in a common law relationship um, dies and they don't have a will, uh, their rights are essentially the same as somebody who's married. So that means that um, essentially everything would flow to their spouse, all right, or, or most of their assets will flow to their spouse, okay? Um, if you're in a situation where uh, you don't want that to happen, um, some people have tried entering into wills um, to change that arrangement, but that's not going to be enough um, because uh, the other party, uh, your spouse, your surviving spouse, may say, look, um, I didn't agree to this will and I still have a claim to 50%. Um, and if that happens, then they're going to go after your estate and claim their 50% of your assets. Really, what you would need in that case is a cohabitation agreement or a prenuptial agreement that outlines exactly what the parties have agreed to. Um, and in there, it will talk about what happens upon death and the division of assets um, if there's a death. And quite often, it's treated the same uh, as if there was a separation. It's interesting. You know, and it, there's all kinds of complexities here, as we talked about, Faisal, but Marcus using the word could a lot, could be, could be, when, ref, uh, you know, referring to common law relationships where there is more certainty when you're in a traditional married relationship. And I think that argues for those people that are in common law relationships to clearly understand what they're in, what they're committed to, and what they're not committed to, right, to, to, to make that happen. I have never really pounded the table on the, on the topic, like getting the legal advice yeah. on, uh, on most topics like I do on this topic. Yeah, right? Although when I say get legal advice, I'm pounding the table on this one, yeah. that if you're in a common law relationship, if you're with blended families, you need to get the legal advice. Do not assume things will sort themselves out um, because it's not whatever your wishes are. Uh, if they're in writing, then you don't you don't forget it in the future. Yeah. Uh, things don't get muddy in the future. It's already been done. There's a lot of process and and work with that. Marcus, how difficult is it to to start that process? If people are in a relationship now, going oh we should better get a uh, a contract put together, an agreement put together, um, and then if they're doing their estate planning, how difficult is it like? There's, there's always a reason why individuals don't want to get the legal advice up front. So I want you to give them some, some reassurance on how really easy it is to sit down with legal counsel like yourself to, to get out there and actually uh, get this process started. 
Well, I think that the um, uh, having a meeting with somebody like myself and talking about this is the easy part. Talking to your spouse about it or your partner about it, that's the difficult part. And what I would suggest to anybody who's contemplating this is start that process early, as early as possible. When you start dating somebody, talk to them about what your desires are in terms of the division of your assets so that they get a sense of what they're getting into right at the outset, because that conversation becomes more and more difficult the longer the relationship progresses. And it certainly becomes a heck of a lot more difficult if you're already in an adult interdependent relationship or if you're already married. I mean, at that point, if your partner decides, no, I don't really want to enter into any um, type of agreement like that, then what are you going to do, right? It really, your choice is uh, to separate. And that's really no choice at all. Marcus, I, I, I have... I have to agree with you, and I have to leave one note. We do have to go uh, for the end of the show. Um, Marcus's point about speaking to your significant other is very important. I've worked with Marcus on other cases, and uh, that's one piece of advice he go always yep. gives is, this is how you can speak to your significant other. These are the topics you need to discuss and come to some sort of conclusion so you're both on it in an amicable way versus being it uh, in, in a not-so-amicable way. Correct. Uh, Marcus, I want to thank you for joining us. If any of, the, of you listeners and viewers want to know how to get in touch with Marcus, he has a practice in British Columbia and in Alberta, uh, definitely reach out to us at morethanmoneyradio.com. We'll be more than happy to introduce you to Marcus. Marcus, thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me on, guys. Listen, we've got an upcoming seminar where we have to talk about all the complexities of retirement, and that includes also family and so on, legacy planning and all those things. Yeah, retirement's not an easy no. topic. You no. know, like it causes a lot of vulnerability, and so all these different issues pop up, especially how do you secure your income through every economic cycle, kind of like right. the one that we're going through right now. Right Our first live presentation of 2022 is going to happen on Tuesday, September 20th, 7 p.m. in person at the Four Points Sheraton Hotel in the west side of Calgary. You need to register. So go to morethanmoneyradio.com. On behalf of Faisal, myself, Dave, want to thank you for joining us for another edition of More Than Money on 770 CHQR. We look forward to chatting with you next week. Stay tuned for some football. David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada.